All right, it's a special edition of the Back Judge podcast. We got Connor Ryan back in the studio with us uh, since the infamous issue over the the wins uh, power rankings wins pool fiasco. Connor didn't know that we'd have you back. Yeah, um, I wasn't. I figured I would be back in April. I'm surprised to be here this early. I thought I'd be back for the draft pod, and then that would be it. Coincidentally, uh, I ended up winning the wins pool. I don't believe I have not checked my Venmo. I doubt I've been compensated, but no, well, we're working on it. That's a yeah. Clef's got. I was gonna say, if I'm not mistaken, now. that's a Clef responsibility. I I forget sometimes. I thought for a it second, is. oh man, was that me? Did I not pay Connor? And then I realized it was. I'm really happy nope. that. <laughs> so Connor, yeah, Connor now actually has a legitimate gripe for money against yeah. me. That's true. So it's good old fashioned uh, um, karma, the football gods, so to speak. Blessing Connor. Yeah, I might just uh, might just siphon off my Dogecoin profit. Yeah, man. Just just send Doge. it over. Um. All right, should we get into it? I mean, this is uh, kind of a um, historic trade, too. I mean, pretty pretty intense. Uh, this is just a, a Stafford Reaction podcast. Uh, last, last night, Rams agreed to send the 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, as well as a 2021 third-round pick, and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford, um, two former number one picks in the same trade. I wonder if that's ever happened before. I doubt um, it. It's, for me personally, pretty thrilled with the Hall. Uh, I think the Lions, I mean, who? it's going to depend on who they pick, right? And um, also will somewhat depend on where the Rams' picks end up being in those next two years for first-rounders. Part of me kind of thinks that they're going to be in the 20s, but NFC West is a pretty tough division. Never really know what can happen. I mean, heck, look at a team like the Texans who traded away the third round, third overall pick in this year's draft. Um, to the Dolphins, so it's a pretty pretty big trade, one of the biggest ones I can really ever remember in the NFL. Yeah, man, just to push back a little bit against the Texans analogy, I just think that the Rams are such a better run organization at this point, and they're just so much more stable, that I think a big part of the reason why the Texans were so bad is because of the trade of Hopkins, and I just don't think the Rams are going to do something like that, although they won't be able to afford a few maybe key pieces on defense, as long as they keep the nucleus of McVay, uh, Stafford, you know, Ramsey, Aaron, Don- Aaron Donald, and, you know, Cup or Woods, I guess, one of those two receivers. I think, um, you know, with Cam Akers and the offensive line, this is going to be a team that for the next three to five years maybe is competing um, for a Super Bowl, absolutely. So I would I would say that, We'll be lucky if those picks are, you know, anywhere um, under 22. Um, just as an initial reaction, kind of, because I do think that I've been seeing a lot of kind of slander on the trade from a Rams perspective. And I think maybe it's just me overvaluing Stafford a little bit, possibly. But I really do think that him and McVay together, I think it's going to be a significant upgrade from Jared Goff. And if you can win a playoff game and then, you know, lose in Lambeau with Goff, not necessarily saying you're going to win that game with Stafford, but I think he definitely gives you a much, much, much better chance. <clears throat> and 
the whole team will be more confident when he's uh, playing quarterback for the team. So I do think that it's a really good trade for the Rams. But also, Klopp, I agree that getting two first-round picks in the next two years, as well as adding a third-round pick this year, and getting the placeholder of Jared Goff, probably the BJP's least favorite quarterback collectively in the NFL, coincidentally ending up in Detroit, um, as long as they don't view him as any type of long-term solution, we were talking earlier, Clap, as long as he's wearing an earpiece and holding a clipboard on the sideline next year, not this upcoming year, but next year, um, I think the Lions are going to be in good shape and in a decent position to kind of get this staff going and start building a roster. I guess if you want, I don't know, it's kind of hard to begin with my reaction to this trade. At first, I was one of the probably few people that didn't really want them to necessarily move on from Stafford, but that was I was kind of listening to a lot of the media hype that this was going to be for a late first-round draft pick and just one draft pick. So looking at the hall now kind of is a whole. I like what the Lions got out of it, and I think it's a deal that – they should take. I'm curious to see as time goes on what some of the other offers might be. For Stafford, I don't know if I necessarily agree with Lee in terms of having such a pessimistic outlook on how good these draft picks could be for the Lions. I think whoever Stafford's agent is, unless he chose the Rams, which I don't think he did, I think the Lions just took the best offer available, or at least I hope to God they did. Um, this is a hard division that he's going into. And unfortunately, I have to root for the Mike Valentes of the world to be right. I have to root that Stafford just can't get it done in a division and win a divisional crown. He's got to compete with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals that are ascending. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are always there every year. And then um, he has to compete with the 49ers, who may possibly, who knows, get Deshaun Watson. That's kind of the rumor going around. And if that happens, it's going to be an extremely tough division for the Rams to do well in. I, they could win it, but I could also see them. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could finish near the bottom of that division as well. Yeah, I think it's totally a fair criticism, considering the fact that we would all agree that it is the best division in football. That being said, this is a team that won 10 games in that very division this year with the same quarterbacks you just mentioned and went to Seattle and beat Russell Wilson in the playoffs with Jared Goff as their quarterback, I think that you're definitely right for checking me. I don't think the Rams are a shoe-in necessarily now that Stafford's their quarterback, but I do think that in an already really good division where they already were a really good team last year, I do think that they're going to improve. Um, and I do think that, you know, McVay's a really exceptional coach who tasted that, you know, Super Bowl glory, or at least got close to it, and now he knows, hey, there's a window here for this team, and it's three to five years, maybe even less, and we need to kind of go full steam ahead in order to you know, get there again, and you'll have a much better chance of winning that with Stafford than Goff, in my opinion. So I, I think that kind of two things can be true at once, I guess. But um, I, do, I would put a prophecy down right now that the pick will not be under 20. I don't think the Rams are going to not make the playoffs. I really do think that Seattle and Arizona and San Francisco will have a harder time making the playoffs than the Rams at this point, just the way I'm looking at their rosters from top to bottom after this season. And maybe that's just a little bit of recency bias because of what the Rams did in the playoffs with Goff, but that's just kind of how I'm you know, looking at it right now. I mean, just to kind of open up the conversation a little bit in terms of Brad Holmes, is any part of you guys like concerned that 
he, I mean, obviously he came from the Rams organization. The first big deal he makes in the GM chair with the Lions is with the Rams, and it's to get Jared Goff. I mean, I think, Lee, we talked about this a little bit earlier today, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't believe that Jared Goff is part of the long-term future of this rebuild. But um, I don't know. I don't know if there's, if that's necessarily, he might, I don't, you know, I don't know. And that concerns me. Yeah. I think that you're absolutely fair to be concerned. I'll make this quick. I'm just saying it's Murphy's law, man. It's the Detroit lions. Like if something can go wrong, it will. If they, if (laughs) the GM from the Rams, maybe, you know, didn't agree with McVay that Goff was the reason that they were doing bad. And he sees Goff as still a top 10 draft pick. Did he be, be willing to spend on a guy who's already had playoff experience and Hey, we're going to bring him to Detroit. And then in the draft, we're not going to even think about drafting a quarterback. We're going to build this roster around Goff. I mean, I think it's kind of sounds ridiculous just coming from a standpoint of people who follow NFL football. And I would say that McVay would be the one who's right in the scenario of moving on from Goff when he's 26 and you drafted him with the number one pick, you know, four or five years ago. Um, But, you know, I would, I think you are absolutely fair to have those concerns and, you know, come April, we'll kind of see, you know, what the outlook is. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, I'm extremely concerned. (laughs) I really couldn't be more concerned, to be honest. When I saw that the trade was for Goff, I immediately thought the Lions are going to flip him to the Colts for a mid-round pick. Just because the Colts, they need a quarterback of some sort. And I think Goff mm-hmm. provides more upside than Brissett, personally. They may try to ride with Eason, but it still doesn't mean they can't bring in a Goff as well to kind of compete with them, at least. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought. And then I remembered, oh my god, we hired this Rams guy to be in charge and be the GM and I've heard reports that he was the one that was kind of responsible as the director of scouting of them drafting Goff in the first place. So yeah, I'm very concerned. I mean, this is, this is why you got rid of Quinn and Patricia is to prevent things like this. And, yeah. you know, as a Lions fan, I yeah. vividly remember a dream last night where Fields was available at seven and the Lions passed <laughs> and everyone was just kind of shaking their heads and then, here we go again. I didn't get to see who the pick was, so I'm not going to make any prophecies there, but it wasn't Justin Fields. That's all I remember. (laughs) uh, 2015 newspaper class Lee Murray could go toe-to-toe with Brad Holmes, I'm sure, at the time when it came to Jared Goff. I'm sure I would be completely turned off by the – I just can't imagine a guy in the scouting department like really, you know, banging his fist on the table for Goff, even if, you know – He's decent, you know. I'll admit that he's he's had some sparks where he's played well. Like Connor said, I agree. You know, he's got more upside than Brissett. I'd probably rather have him starting than Brissett. But uh, we've kind of seen what Goff is. There's nothing more to be found out. Um, and I think that the, a large factor in a lot of the Rams' success while he was there was other things other than him. He was, you know, the fifth or sixth thing down the list. Um, you know, so I uh, yeah. I'm worried about that, to say the least. Connor, I wanted to kind of um, talk about, too, I mean, with with Jared Goff's contract, um, I'm not really sure what, How? I mean, all this stuff is so confusing. I'm not really sure what maybe the Rams are taking on or what the Lions are are taking on in a sense. But Goff is, at least on this team, to me, for two more years. You're talking about potentially maybe flipping him for the Colts, and I kind of thought about that, too. But if you – there's, he's got maybe 60 or so million in dead money next year, and then 
or this year and then 30 million in 2022. Like I just don't really think you're going to take that hit if you're the Lions. Yeah, no, probably not. I mean, yeah, unfortunately the NFL doesn't work as fluid as like the NBA where like we could, you know, pay half the contract or whatever to get him moved. I think it would depend on the hall if you're going to take the dead money or not. I mean, if you're going to draft a rookie, you're kind of just it's yeah, but like part of me thinks like the part of me thinks the reason why the Lions got what they did with the two first round picks is so that they would take on his contract. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. I guess, but I don't. I'm not really sure. You know. So, um, well, I guess me. I don't. So I'm. I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm not totally sure how all the contract stuff works. But yeah, definitely like is is something that's on my mind that I really hope that. You know, and going back to Dan Campbell's press conference where he's talking about a team that's going to take on the identity of the city, is there anyone less Detroit that you can think of than Jared Goff? It's a great point, Clep. It's kind of one of those things that I... Like, he's Jared Goff is going to go to Lambeau and Soldier Field yeah. every single year. And like, Heck, Ford Field, man. I don't, I, I, I'm not convinced that he yeah. can be a, even a hometown favorite. You know, this is... I think this is a middling player who is absolutely everyone who follows football closely is selling Jared Goffstock. Nobody would want him as their franchise quarterback unless you have a superstar team around him, which the Rams basically did. And they and they didn't yeah. you know, we've seen And a superstar system. They did everything they could, man. The Rams, I'm surprised they went to the Super Bowl with Goff. He obviously that was his best season, but still you know, he's, he, we have not seen that player since then. They were non-committal after the year, rightfully so. You know, we saw John Walford come in and play pretty well for them. I think that, I mean, are you guys going to be concerned if there is a situation, even, Connor, if it's not as bleak as the whole field's uh, dream possible premonition, even if it's something a little bit more innocent, uh, you know, something along the lines of quarterbacks are going – early and the Lions don't commit to making a trade to get a quarterback and ultimately we leave the 2020 draft without a having drafted a quarterback what's the outlook you know going into the season are you you know it's I think it's concerning even if you do I mean then you're basically just setting yourself up to maybe Jared Goff goes six and ten and you have the eighth to eleventh pick and you're kind of in the same situation again, and you're going to have to trade, you know, your pick and the Rams pick to move up. That's they're not going to draft players with both of these Rams first rounders. I believe one of them will be used as a vessel to move up the draft, whether it be this year and they want to move up and get, you know, Fields or Lance or whoever they they see fit, or next year when Goff is mediocre, you know, according to my predictions. And the Lions go anywhere from five and eleven to, or five and twelve because it's seventeen games now, um, to uh, you know seven and in in uh, ten or whatever it may be, and they're sitting there you know kind of in fringe quarterback territory. I'm I'm you know, so that's why I think the draft is going to deter this year's draft is going to have a big um, factor in kind of determining how, how you know how fruitful this trade really was. Yeah, I think this trade is definitely, it's only as good as the Lions make it, which, mm-hmm. as a Lions fan, is concerning as, as heck. I mean, you're giving the Lions even more draft responsibility than usual. 
and we know how that usually goes. So this could be a trade where we're scratching our heads and thinking, what were we thinking? When we look at the hall, you know, five years from now, I mean, I think about you mentioning trading up for some quarterbacks. I mean, I've thought, I mean, everybody's going to just think of it as, you know, half a joke. But I mean, if you were going to give both Rams picks and your next two Lions first to go up to number one this year, do you think the Jags entertain that? No, all? I don't think the Jags entertain anything. That's just because Lord, Trevor Lawrence has the Trevor Lawrence, you know, stamp of approval by everybody. And he's, he's you know, the best thing since Andrew Luck. And I kind of agree with that. And if I'm the Jags, you don't, you don't mess around with that. I think you take that guy. Similar to even Cincinnati last year with Burrow coming off the season he did, you'd have to put together one heck of a package to move up to one with Cincinnati. Now you're talking about an even better prospect with a team that's just as hungry, if not hungrier, for a quarterback. I don't think you can get up to one. I think that's pie in the sky. I think maybe you can get to two or to four or three, you know, I think Lawrence is, there's no way, but if you, you know, these quarterbacks, people are talking about these quarterbacks, man, like Zach Wilson, I've heard major things about people loving him and fields. Obviously we've seen with the game against Clemson boosted how much that boosted his stock. And then you got like kind of a dark horse, like Trey Lance and, you know, I, Clep and I have had conversations and I, I firmly believe outside of Jacksonville and Cincinnati one in five, if you look at the top eight picks from, you know, one to, to eight to Carolina, two the Jets, three the Dolphins, four the Falcons, six the Eagles, seven the Lions, eight the Panthers, all are in play for a quarterback. You could make both sides of the argument with those teams either sticking with who they've got or drafting a quarterback. So I think there might be some fireworks. And I think, heck, man, if you, you've got the ammunition to move from up to two to, you know, four – you know, you're telling me the Jets won't accept seven in a in a Rams first round pick next year for two. I think that they absolutely would consider that. Absolutely. Unless, Unless they're, they're going to take, take a exactly, and then you go to Miami possibly. I don't know. Or who's your guy? You know, or, or what if the Jets take your guy at two? It's kind of a stressful situation, but I'm excited, man. This is really exciting because it means a lot for you know all of this stuff kind of happening simultaneously when it comes to, you know, we've always kind of had a rough, you know, picture painted of how the rebuild might look, but now we're kind of seeing it happen in real time. And um, this draft, man, I mean, I personally think they're going to take a quarterback. I really firmly believe that there's four or five guys there in that conversation, and one of them is going to be there if you have seven and a little bit more ammo. If you really want them, you can make that happen, I think. Yeah, I also, too, just to get back to the whole golf thing for a second, I just really have a hard time believing that the entire Lions organization is, like, behind golf as the future. Like, I just find it extremely unlikely that, you know, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, John Dorsey, Anthony Lynn, you know, even, um, you know, Mark Brunel now as the quarterback's coach, I really have a hard time believing that all five of those guys are 100% in on Jared Goff being the future at the quarterback position for the team. And, at like, I just – I think, you know, the franchise guy that you bring in has to be somebody that's 100% that everyone's behind 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I, I, 
I find it hard to believe that they'd all be behind Goff too. Um, but I mean, I think for all for the whole kind of staff to be aligned on a guy, you know, we'll see. We'll see if that's the case in the draft. But I think that being a Lions fan, especially you two having you know a lot more experience than I do, it's just like when the when when the when the pick gets to seven and the Lions haven't made a move, and you know, even if there is a quarterback on the border, like I'm just not confident, really. Why should I be confident that they're going to make the right decision? Like, if I had to bet money, I would say that they're going to draft someone who isn't a quarterback, and we're going to kind of see, like, because it's the easier thing to do. It's the it's the easier thing to do, but it it would probably be. But wouldn't have the easiest thing been to do to keep Stafford? He wanted out. I guess he wanted out. He wanted out, out but, man. Yeah. They probably would have kept him. Yeah. If we're being honest with each other, if he didn't say anything, I bet they probably would have kept him. I don't know, man. I'm Yeah. I I'm I'm gonna be very, very interested to see because I truly believe they do have the ammunition and I'm prepared to see them, you know, draft I don't know. I don't know enough prospects right now to give an estimate, but some, you know, just some skill position. Maybe maybe it's Jamar Chase. Maybe it's Devonta Smith. I don't know. Take one of those guys. and I, Yeah, then you take Devonta Smith, and you have, you know, you've got him. I, yeah, I, and I, I love Devonta, Devonta Smith, but it's like. a couple Calvin Johnson side-by-side edits and call yeah, it a year. Exa- exactly, it. exactly. You've got to, they've got to push it into fourth gear, man. Like, if if they wanted to keep Stafford, Stafford wanting to leave better have woken them up because it's time to like make some moves. And it's like, man, I, I'll be the one to say it. If you're gonna be wrong, be wrong hard. I don't care. Just go for it. Like get your guy because that's the only way you can really achieve. You know, finding that guy. You can't be tentative. You can't be like in the middle. I feel like so. That's what if, if they stick with. It's Goff, exactly what that is. It's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's what I think is gonna Having happen. S- I mean, I don't know. It's and what does that say about Goff. Holmes? What if he did pound his fist on the table for Goff, and then you see the five years that you see? Like, what do you gather from that? You know what I mean? What does that say about you as a talent evaluator and as a roster builder? If you're going to be, it's like you have to be blindfolded to say that Goff could be a franchise quarterback for the Detroit Lions, no less. You know. Yeah, so. I think they might hope that he just like they like he's a, he's a placeholder with some upside. Maybe like in Detroit, they throw it a lot or whatever, and he kind of like refines his form and then can be moved potentially. I mean, I still have am holding out hope that they flip him before. What would be the, the cheapest season. thing to do? Like the cheap, the least expensive thing to do for with golf. I think the least expensive thing to do with Goff would be to keep him for at least this year. Maybe that's what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think that's yeah, what they're doing. Like, I hang. On. I was like, you know, yeah. For I don't, you know, I don't claim to be a, a, a contract expert, but a trade per per overthecap.com, a pre June first trade for Jared Goff would cost the Lions twenty two million dollars yeah. in dead cap. Well, and who's making that trade? So I, there's no I, I really doubt they're flipping him. A post June first trade would cost six million in dead cap, but then I would have to assume 
there's something there where you have to start paying him like a roster bonus, you know, or something. Yeah. Like I don't. And by June first, teams are going to want their quarterback situation figured out. Yeah, it would have triggered Stafford's so, ten million too as well if he waited. Yeah, I will say this too. It, 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 Sorry, Clapper, are you going to say something? No, yeah. Connor was right. I was just agreeing with Connor. I will say, if they do draft a quarterback, I don't know if I would want anyone to start on the Lions year one. You know, so that could be the approach too. Is like, man, we don't have the roster to start a Justin Fields, Wilson, Lance, enter your name here. We, we don't have the roster to start one of those guys and, like, be confident that they can stay healthy and keep their, keep their confidence and their, you know, keep yeah. them unblemished right now. Let them sit a year, build the roster, learn from Goff, you know, I guess. He, he has a little bit of experience. He was a high draft pick. Learn from Learn Brunel. From Brunel. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this sounds very plausible. Like this all sounds like what have they done to prove that this is not what they're doing except be the Lions, you know? Yeah, I don't think they're going for a QB this year. I think they're going to wait for Howell or Rattler. I think they're kind of hoping Goff's kind of shown that he can be somewhat brittle and in Detroit he's going to be tested <laughs> in terms well, of his durability. My whole thing with that is like, how much better are those guys than anyone? Like, what? Unless you're like certain that you're gonna have a better pick, and you really like these pro. Like, there are guys this year that are really yeah, good. You don't have to move up. I you're think. talking about packaging to move up. To yeah, but I mean, outside of Goff getting hurt, do you think that this is a team that's gonna have you know? A I top think have a five pick, pick next year. If Stafford could barely get it done, I don't think Goff's going to fare much better. I think they'll definitely have a better pick next year. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to at least, Connor, assume that the defensive scheme is going to be a little bit better and the game, game management And it's be a like year a one coach. It's a completely new staff. I feel like they're kind of going to be playing hard. This is the whole thing about, like, building a culture. Is like you, I don't want them to look bad next year. Like, that wouldn't be good. I would want them to look, like, promising, like – Maybe you lose games, but you're playing hard, and you're not making boneheaded mistakes, and it's not kind of like the same old Lions type of thing. Like, you see a little bit of fight. And obviously, there are always going to be those moments, but I just think that the whole Rattler thing, I think Rattler's great. I think Howell's great, too, but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't think, I think that that's a tentative thing to do, is be like, next year will be, it's you're putting it off, because you're in a position right now. Where it really is, you can do that this year, and you can sit the guy. And then next year, if you have a high pick, you can continue to build the roster around a guy who sat for a year, who's been coached for a year. He knows your offense. You're building the roster around him. Maybe you have a top five, like you said, with Goff. Maybe they have a seventh pick next year, too. I don't know. You can build your roster more, and you have another pick. You don't have to worry about quarterback. This is the thing. It'd be a huge weight off their shoulders if they didn't have to worry yeah, especially too, if considering that those firsts are like two years yeah. from now, and through two and three, you know, like a year and a year next year, and then two years. If you get the quarterback now, you can really use those picks to build absolutely around the, uh, whoever. Then you can take is. your you swing. What's so up, like Connor? You're saying that's if you get the guy at seven. My whole thing is I don't think they should move up to yes. get TV because then you don't have those picks online. Well, I think if you can move up. Like the scenario I gave you where they're, you know, I personally would want to get Lance or Fields. And if you need to move up to four or five to get one of those guys, you know, 
I don't know. It, it may not. not. That's the thing. First. If it's a two pick you, jump to get to, to maybe to go to if the Bengals. A, yeah. Like if the if the Bengals are on the clock and like both Sewell and the other who's Rashawn Slater are like still yeah. on the board at five, and they just want to go down to seven. Like you, can you could give probably them a third give them a third. For, yeah. From the Rams this year and just I don't know what that deal would look like, but just I mean do that. Yeah, it would be nice if you could. Yeah, no, Connor, you're right. I mean, the best case scenario would be like Lance being available at seven. But I just think that, you know, ask Tommy. I think he phrases it well, and he holds that opinion where PFF has such a influence on the league, I think, even. And these quarterbacks are being evaluated so highly. I just think that these people are, are going to be drafted quarterbacks, man. I think we saw Tua go, we have Burrow won, Tua. Three yeah. of them went top six and that last was last year. year. I think the quarterback class is better this year. I really do. So, I mean, yeah. I think there will be three or four that will go top seven. So, that's the whole thing where it's like if you have a guy this year where you can be – where he, he doesn't make you worry about what the draft is going to be next year. You're like, that guy can succeed in mm-hmm. our offense. We can build our franchise around him. Then you move up. If not, then maybe, Connor, you're right. Maybe you, maybe you like, hold off. And next year is the year where you're going to draft your quarterback. I don't want them to reach and draft somebody that they don't – think they can invest in but they will for but i mean i think i think Con- i mean i mean connor obviously there's a lot for all of us to do in terms of still watching these quarterbacks but if the lions are at seven and fields or lance is there and they don't pick them i'm going to be supremely disappointed yeah so was i that's what i was alluding to earlier i mean i would too i mean the only guy i would take yep. over fields at seven is sewell and that's it and i don't think there's any chance sewell gets there barring some character thing yeah but even Sewell like if you have an opportunity to draft a franchise quarterback I think you take him over a franchise left tackle especially considering the fact that the offensive line was not great but you can survive spending a third round pick on a lineman this year and maybe building the line okay the line is not super high on the list of things that need to be addressed although it does and there's a there's a long list for the Lions, but man, if you can get a if you, yeah, I mean they need a right tackle, but they that's not yeah. a pressing issue. Yeah, it's more just how I. You can get a guy like you have, Eichenberg you have round two. In for five. Maybe we'll see about that. We'll get to that. I, I, well, I think April. sure, maybe not. I, I'm not. I'm not ready to prophesize that, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And maybe there are some good linemen in the draft where you know, like Leatherwood is in the Vera Tucker, uh, and you know. There's no way I, I don't think all like the top six tackles are going to go round one this year, but who knows? I mean, I think that there's a good amount of depth for line, and if you can address that quarterback, you do it. If it's a guy that you think can you know usher in kind of the next era of Lions football, which is a very yeah, exciting I don't know. thought. It's kind of just interesting. I don't know. I feel somewhat bad for Campbell just in the whole the whole scenario to me. To me, this just feels like a slow burn rebuild, kind of similar. I, obviously, totally different sports, but like I just thinking of the Tigers, it just kind of feels like that. Like Campbell's just sort of the locker room coach to kind of keep it together somewhat. But to me, this is going to be well. Painful. The Tigers didn't have an opportunity to draft a franchise quarterback in the top five. That can change your franchise. In baseball, it's different. I like the analogy, but I think that one decision can do more in football than in baseball when it comes to 
if Dan Campbell and the Lions have the opportunity, I don't care if maybe it takes another first-round pick. If you need to move up two spots to get Trey Lance or to get Justin Fields or whoever you want, then you do it. And you bring that guy in, and that's your franchise quarterback. And that could change Lions football. It absolutely yeah, it could, could. I don't think that franchise QB is necessarily going to be better than Stafford. So, like, even if you get that guy this year, in the next two years, knowing how short a leash is NFL coaches get, are the Lions going to be much better than they are right now? It's I not even it's that he has ass. to be better than Stafford necessarily. It's just that it's kind of ushering in a new generation. And if he is worth his salt as a top seven pick, he should be pretty good and you should be able to build the team around his rookie contract. And he's not going to win or, or do things the same way Stafford does. But I think it's kind of unfair to compare these guys to Stafford that are getting, you know, 22 years old, getting drafted. You know, they're not going to have the same impact Stafford did. But I didn't like Herbert that much last year. What if the Lions drafted Herbert? The outlook on everything is completely different. And this is a kid who's a rookie, right? So if you can draft a guy who's not – I'm not saying he's going to be Herbert and have break records his rookie year. But if he's does enough to prove that he's a franchise quarterback, if he has a Burrow type of season, if Burrow were to not get injured, you know – that's really exciting, and that's something you can build around. And as great as Stafford was, yeah, I think too, he I never mean, really won that many important games for the Lions. So, yeah. Yeah, which is something even you can even parlay into, like, for the Rams, like, saying, like Connor was saying, I guess now you kind of root against them in a way to get higher selections. Um, although I hope, I hope, I do hope Stafford does well there. I think, and honestly, I think he does. Um, I think they do really good things. Um, I, you know, who knows if you can win a Super Bowl? It's incredibly difficult to do that, no matter who it is. I mean, a guy like Aaron Rodgers has only ever been to one Super Bowl, right? You I mean you just never really know. Um, but at the same time, I think I think that he will have a lot of success with the Rams. So it's, I mean, it's just going to be interesting. I think I think ultimately it was the right decision. Um, you know, definitely like we said, a little bit concerned that. You know, maybe they wouldn't have made this decision if Stafford didn't kind of speak up and say anything. Um, Got to hope that Holmes doesn't turn the team into, you know, the Goff-led organization. And, I mean, go from there. Yeah. And like you said earlier, but you know, it's, it's, you got. I think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think it would be a very silly thing to do. Is to bring back this kind yeah. of former number one pick who's 26 now and, you know, has probably seen better days. Who's the team that drafted them has kind of shifted them off. Although they have a great coach and offensive mind and solid defensive roster, arguably the best in the league. If they're moving on from him, you know what makes you think you're going to be able to succeed with him? I think that is a valid question to ask. And for that reason, I believe that this is a placeholder. And Brad Holmes, you know, there's a greater plan, you know, in in place here. And we just as fans have to be patient and understand that and uh this is the he's got the keys man he's got the keys now so it's equally yeah. you know frightening and and exciting but it's i'm not he's not a lions guy he's a lions guy now but it's like maybe he's not maybe you know he's going to make new decisions that are going to be exciting he's not tied to the lions until he signed that contract so unless there's a voodoo spell you know maybe yeah maybe he's a, yeah, he's a maybe. double agent for the rams <laughs> Well, no, I mean, yeah. Yep. I have faith. I have faith that so, these guys know, know football and they know um, 
you know, they're not going to be the he's not going to be the best GM in the league, I don't think, but I think he's going to make some good decisions and they're going to I think they have a fairly clear vision of how they want to go about this. You know, we'll see come April how how clear we, the vision looks. We absolutely will see. But you just have to remember it's not BQ drafting, man. I don't want to hear it like it's BQ. I know it's the Lions, but it's like he's out. Like this is a new you know, this is a new kind of there's a new captain. It is, but I mean this is the guy that took off, so you have They're gonna take Najee at seven. Oh gosh. I think the pick's going to be a receiver. I've said that kind of since the beginning. I think it's going to be whoever Philly doesn't take, either Jamar or Devonta. But that's just kind of my early thoughts on it. Apparently, Devonta is going to go to the Dolphins. No, no. I've seen totally different things. I've seen him go there, and then I've seen some who have him like outside the top 15. His teams are yeah. concerned about his ability to beat press, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He'll just run around. Yeah, I know. I didn't really understand it either. They're also just saying, like, the, I don't know. McShay was saying, I was watching the senior ball, was like how few teams in the NFL play, like, true, like, press coverage anymore. And how it's receiver route running can kind of beat that. It's not as big a deal as it used to be. Just your ability to beat press. Um, yeah, cool. Any, uh, any parting shots, Connor? Uh... Nothing really. I mean, I think you guys handle most of it. I guess the only last thought I kind of have, and it's probably kind of a hot take, is just with Stafford's ability to succeed with the Rams, I just look at some of the weapons around him, and given I don't really know the offensive line of the Rams quite as well as I do the Lions, but just like looking at some of the positions, I look at like Akers compared to Swift, and then like Cup and Woods, and comparing them to like Galladay and Marvin, and then Higby to Hawkinson. I don't know if, like, to me, the offense isn't necessarily, like, like the coaching, obviously, insane upgrade for Stafford, and the defense behind him is incredible. But I just wonder with, like, the offensive weapons, is this really, like, that much better of a situation for Stafford, just strictly on the offensive side of the wall? Absolutely. I think there's no comparison. I think the Rams are miles more dynamic than the Lions are. And you can't... Those are all the things you said. Like, even if you say the receivers are a wash and Swift is better than Akers, you can't. These things are all married. The offensive line, the coaching, the defense, it's all married. And even if you take away the defense, the offensive line is better. The coaching is miles better, which is maybe the biggest factor of like play calling and offensive efficiency. And I mean, I. I like Woods and Cup a lot. I would much rather have Woods and Cup than Galladay and Jones. That's just me. Um, I think Hawkinson's much better than Higby, but I think it's for sure a thorough upgrade. Um, I think, you know. Yeah, well, and, and you just look at the, the system, too. I think I saw something today that the Rams had five games last year with a 100-yard rusher, and Lions had 11 with Stafford his entire career in Detroit. Like, that's pretty unbelievable. So... I think just I think Connor I think Connor you're right when you're just talking you know player for player in a vacuum, um, but when you compound that just with McVeigh and the entire system, uh, I think you're looking at something that could be pretty special. Yep. Yeah. I don't think you're necessarily you know, even too. You know, something that like it's never talked about. Yeah. I don't about, know. You know. Really. Oh. Yeah. No, you're right. And the other thing too is like I kind of feel like, you know, I don't know. I think I think the Rams. 
could overtake the NFC West pretty easily. Like, is it that far-fetched to think that the Seahawks, you know, personnel decisions, kind of, which they are already catching up with them, just continue to make that team worse? And that, you know, the Cardinals don't really get over the hump. And then the 49ers just don't get a quarterback and they're sticking with Garoppolo. That the Rams don't kind of easily take that division. No, that's a great point. And that's why I opened up by saying the Rams were going to be good. Is because if you think about it, those teams' biggest weaknesses, if you go over Seattle, the biggest weaknesses is play calling, coaching, not letting Russ cook. The defense is inconsistent and the offensive line has always been bad. And then if you look at Arizona, coaching, Kingsbury... Could be a year away from on the hot seat. Kyler's really good. I love him more than anybody, but he's not necessarily a proven, consistent, elite quarterback, which I think you need to be in order with that team to win that division. Just like that's just how it is. Um, and the defense is shaky. The secondary is shaky. You need help in corner and you need help on the offensive line. Um, and then with San Francisco, the quarterback thing um, and losing Salah, what's that going to be? With the Rams, it's Goff. It's like Goff is clearly the thing that's holding this team back. And, you know, maybe Staley leaving is another thing. But, like, this is a talented defense. And Goff was the biggest problem with the team. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I do think that the Rams are going to win the division. I do think it's the best division in football. And even if the Cardinals and Seahawks are really good next year, I just think the Rams are also going to be really good. And it's just I – I, I think – None of these teams are going to be beating each other twice. It's going to be a really tough division, and maybe one of these teams has a pitfall, kind of. It's, that's just the nature of how it usually goes, is that these guys all can't be great. So, you know, maybe one of these teams has a pitfall. I think the Rams are the least likely of the teams to have a pitfall, quite frankly. Um, I just think that they're very well set up with Ramsey, Donald, McVay, and Stafford, like I said. They can keep the weapons they have on offense. Uh, but the window is small for them. It definitely is small. I'd venture to say the smallest. Well, and considering the fact that they're, they're about to go, yeah, they're about to go four years without a first yep. pick. Yeah, that was going to be my response. Just so. I, we already talked about it earlier, so obviously you know where I stand with the division. But uh, yeah, it's just those other teams have the picks and draft capital to be able to address some of their needs. But yeah, you can argue the Rams at this point necessarily don't have any clear needs. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be a really interesting division. I don't really see the Niners with Garoppolo at this point. I think they've kind of crossed that bridge. I think they're gonna. Yeah. It's gonna be some change. I don't know what it'll be, but to me, that I've heard Cousins. I've heard there's, a, there's they've regained interest in Cousins, and there might be some talks there. Um, you got to think you're for this whole offseason. This quarterback carousel has kind of forced us to think outside of the box a little bit with stuff like the Cousins of the Niners and. I was dead set that Stafford was going to go to the Colts. I wanted to bet on it. I wanted to bet, see what books had, you know, the Colts as good odds because I thought the Colts were going to sell out for him because they needed a veteran quarterback. They saw how far they got with Rivers. Um, the defense is young and efficient. They've got good pieces on the offense. I, th- I thought they were going to go in for Stafford, who I think is an upgrade from Rivers, and they, your owner said they wanted a veteran quarterback. I don't know who, now that Stafford's gone, I don't know, you know which direction they're going to go. I think maybe they try to offer for Wentz, um, but I think some th- some crazy things might be happening. Um, especially look at Philly, like I said with Wentz just now. They've got the sixth pick, and Jalen Hurts wasn't really, you know, bad. He wasn't bad in the games he played. You can't really say that he was bad. So he could be a viable option moving forward. Maybe they're in love with a 
with a quarterback, and they've got the sixth pick, and they get aggressive. Teams are going to get aggressive, and I think some wacky things are going to happen. So, But, yeah, I agree. I don't think the Niners move forward with Garoppolo, and I think the Colts are going to have to get creative with how they're going to find a veteran quarterback because I don't think Eason is the answer to their prayers right now. Yeah, I think it might open the door for people like Mac yeah. Jones to start, you know, later quarterbacks in this draft. I think you're going to see a lot of the later guys kind of get a shot earlier than usual. Or it could draw Mac Jones up the draft board even, you know, if they, if they feel like, you know, that's something they might be interested in. And with how much, kind of like last year, but to even a higher degree without the combine, these guys aren't talking to each other. These scouts, these, uh, you know, manage, general managers. So it's like... These big boards are going to be vastly different, and I'm very excited for that because I don't rule anything out with these quarterbacks. And the way the COVID is shaping up with how it's going to affect the draft, the amount of capital at the quarterback position in the first, you know, 40 picks or whatever it may be, and the desperation for quarterbacks right now in the top eight, like I was saying earlier. Um, You could even stretch that further if you want to entertain the idea that the Giants or the Vikings or the Cowboys, you know, could be interested in, in a quarterback as well, trade or draft. So there's a lot that's going to be going on between now and April, but I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, watch it all unfold with you boys. Yeah, I would, well, I'll, I'll wrap it up with, with one question here, I guess, for both of you guys. I'm, just, I'm trying to formulate it off of the top of my head, but I would say like, what are the, chances that like the we're not even talking about teams like the bears yeah who need to who need to make a move like they the bears desperately need to make like a decision for a quarterback with washington especially considering like nagy and pace washington like what are like there's not there's almost not enough of them to like go around which has obviously been you know the case for forever in the nfl there's there's always a shortage of of franchise quarterbacks but just like you know, we're not even talking about the Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, the Saints could make a move for, for some, you know, like it's, there's a ton, a ton happening, but like teams like, I guess, like the Colts and, and the Bears and the, the 49ers, Washington, like what percentage of these teams do you think is, is starting a rookie and what percentage is going, you know, a route, like trying to get a guy like Darnold? No, that's a great question because it's almost like a game of when you cover two spots up, two spots open up. We're at like we're in the case of the Jets and the Dolphins. If they're in, if they're drafting a quarterback, then Tua and Darnold are going to be on the market, right? So be somewhere else. I, yeah. I do think that's going to be interesting to to watch play out. If I I think that one of those two teams is going to draft a quarterback, the Jets or the Dolphins. I don't think both of them will. I think I think one of them is going to stick with their guy. I hate to say it because I'm such a Darnold guy. I think the Jets are probably going to draft a quarterback. Because I think it might be in both of their best interests, the Jets and Darnold, to just move on. And I don't think it would be a condemning thing. I think that they could get a second-round pick for Darnold, and he could end up in a place like, before they signed Haskins, I thought Pittsburgh was a, was a great spot for him. That's another thing, Pittsburgh. Like, if Ben Roethlisberger retires, what's their, you know, strategy? <laughs> you got to believe that he's telling them he's going to come back because they haven't been active whatsoever. He, um, is. he said he doesn't care about the money. That was the yeah. quote that came out. So, I mean, you know, the Patriots possibly. I don't know. I, I think Darnold is still a talented player. I think Tua still can be a talented player. I think we're going to learn a lot from the Deshaun trade. We're going to see kind of some dominoes fall where, 
things get ruled out. Um, but just the way this all kicked off with Stafford and Goff, it was almost like kind of weird how Stafford just went to the Rams. Like the Rams were obviously brought up, but they were like the sixth or seventh team that was brought up in the conversations about Stafford. It was mostly yeah. we were talking the Colts, the Niners, Denver, Washington. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting. And then I have heard, and I think maybe it's just the, uh, you know, the dreamer in me, but the Deshaun Watson to Panthers rumors are heating up a little bit. And I just think that that could be a really good fit. The Texans could send him to the NFC. He's back in Carolina where he played in college. They're in desperate need of a quarterback. I think they've got great pieces on offense to succeed. And I think Carolina's kind of a team where they drafted so well defensively last year and they have such good young pieces that they could give up some draft capital uh, for Watson. But you kind of hit a roadblock when you see that the Texans are requesting to get defensive players. I don't think Carolina has the luxury of doing that. Maybe you see a guy like Shaq Thompson get shipped off. I don't know. But um, I think they could be a big player that's kind of uh, you know, a dark horse at this point maybe. Yeah, I guess to answer the question, you could just a quick pivot off that. The Panthers could get some cap on return for maybe moving Bridgewater to a QB needy team. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see a number of these teams stand pat. I think the Jets are going to stand pat with Darnold, actually. I think I think they like him, and that I think they're going to view that it's too early to move on. I think you're more likely to see a trade down, potentially, where they acquire some capital for later in that draft or potentially a draft down the road. I think the Bears, and I know to the disdain of everybody on this pod and most people who listen, I would assume, they're going to keep Trubisky. I think his play down the stretch kind of made that decision for them. And like you said, there's a shortage. And I don't think the Bears are going to like bid super high to get somebody, although Nagy really should because his job's hanging by a thread. So I think they're absolutely – I think there's no chance. I think that would be signing – I think there's no chance yeah. they – because the pace and Nagy just got extended, right, for a year. What are they going to do with Foles? They got to move. Yeah, back. they they they, they got a year to find a way to do it. I don't care. Not all the team's going to take him. You cut him, cut him, cut him. You yeah, trade trade Eddie Jackson. Your first this year, your second this year, and two firsts in the future for Deshaun. Do it. Get him. Get yeah, him in I mean, the building. Should. Yeah, I agree. But I don't, I don't know if they will. And then, yeah, I mean, you got to move Foles. There's a lot of things that have to happen. I think it's interesting, yeah. too. The Texans are going to need a QB if they move Watson. So then they're going to be in the market for somebody. I don't think it's going to be Foles. Dear God, for their sake. Well, if they move Watson, I'm assuming they're going to get a high pick for him, probably, from a team like yeah, the Jets yeah. or the Panthers or, you know, the Dolphins or whoever. Dolphins. Know. The Dolphins might stick, too. I don't know what the deal is with – Fitz magic and you know that I think he should start for somebody. I wish he would come to the, I wish the lions would flip Goff and take him to be honest. I think you're getting kind of the same production out of either. Yeah. I just don't know how realistic that is. What about Atlanta? Maybe for Watson. Did they? No, they're they holding on really have, the ice. Yeah. They, they probably will. I, I think, I think Atlanta has a bunch of issues on defense and roster wise before they can go get a guy like mm-hmm. Watson. I think you're putting the cart before the horse yep. a little bit. But I, I just I just think it would be hard to, to give up that much capital and have the issues that they do roster-wise to to be able to do anything more than what Watson did. You can say that about almost any team. That's the thing is, like, are we just in a world now where you're just going to have to overpay for Deshaun Watson no matter who you are? Because even if you're the Jets, 
Like you're trading Darnold, your number two pick, maybe your number 20 pick, maybe you get to hold on to it and you can just trade future ones, but nonetheless, you're giving away just like a loot of draft picks and Sam Darnold, who you invested your third pick in a few years ago. For Deshaun Watson, who I'll be the first one to admit he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, but he went four and 12 with the Houston Texans last year, who probably have a better roster than the Jets, or, you know, it's at least comparable. And, you know, like, is he your ticket to the Super Bowl? Like, maybe you start building around him, but with what? Like, the picks you traded away? I don't know. Um, I think Miami is probably the best-suited team to trade for Watson because we saw them go 10-6 and this year, and they have the number three pick, and Tua. Um, So I think that they probably are the best-suited team, but they seem to be invested in Tua for the most part. At least, you know, it could be a classic Arizona Cardinals- Josh is our guy moment, but you know, until they, until they prove that that's reality, I guess I'm going to believe that Flores and Greer think that Tua is um, someone who they can compete in that division for years to come with, which, you know, I don't necessarily agree with. I know you don't club. No, I think they need to pull the ribcord, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not a GM folks. Can't, I can't help everyone out. I can only, you know, I can only do so much. Can only uh, pedal the Darnell Mooney's of yep. the world for, uh, you know, for the for the hypothetical back judge team. And I will say, just as a closing note, um, too, with so. a team we didn't bring up in Denver, with the fact that they weren't willing to part ways with Locke to get Stafford, makes me believe that they're going to have another go around with Locke. Because why would you not, if he's not your guy who you're going to start this year, after knowing you have the ninth pick? And seeing what he did last year, why would you not trade him for Stafford if he's not your, you know what I mean? So I think Locke is going to probably live to see another year in Denver for better or for worse. Um, Connor, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it.